0: When it comes to symbolism in general, there is always a danger. The danger is that we will experience the symbol as simply being an object that reminds us of a higher principle. Because on some level, that is what symbolism is when it comes to literature. It's sort of a carrying over of ideas. Red is anger. Black might be death. White might be purity. When it comes to the symbolism in the Torah, Raphirsch looks at it as being something far more fundamental. To play this out with Shabbos, as we did a couple of weeks ago, Shabbos could be said to remind a Jew of the idea of creation. But for Raphirsch, it's far deeper than that. It's you are being asked to immerse yourself in a day where you are living out the truth. There is a certain truth that the Torah is trying to embody within you, and by enacting in drama, The day. You are internalizing the concept. You are being the idea. Creation is an act that you're withholding from on Shabbos, thereby leaving space for the idea. Meaning is intrinsic to the world because I withhold from creative activity to mirror God. As God withheld from creativity on the seventh day, I, thereby, Shabbos is lived with the principle. The day of Shabbos is you living out a principle. Now, this is on a very different level than reading a book about the importance of meaning or creation. You're embodying it once a week. This week, we're going to be discussing Kiddush HaKodesh, which is the sanctification of the moon. And what we're going to do, just to lay out our roadmap, is we're going to talk about the natural symbol in an isolation. The natural symbol is the moon. Now, the moon is a rock, but the moon, in context, with a commandment, at a certain historical point, is a symbol from Hashem. And once again, Rav Hirsch believes that symbolism is the, really the only language you could possibly use. Symbolism is so intrinsic to what it means to be human. Your ability to communicate, the ability to condense ideas into objects, this is what it means to be human. And for Rav Hirsch, the most natural religious language about giving things over in a timeless fashion is symbolism. So we have the moon, symbolizing an idea that we live out in Kiddush HaKodesh. What is the historical context to that? But more importantly, at least for today, is for us to trace down not only the historical narrative aspect to the idea of the sanctification of the moon and its centrality for the Jew, but play itself all the way down to Jewish law and how the very principle that is being given over in the symbol is lived out in so many other areas. And this will not only give meaning to our experience of Kiddush HaKodesh, to seeing the moon, but also an appreciation for other halachic components that come along with it. So let's begin. When was Kiddush HaKodesh given? When it was the first commandment the Jewish people got, and the context was them being slaves. Slaves to a tyrant who, no matter what was thrown at him, continued down the same dark tunnel. No matter what God threw at him, no matter what people tried to draw him out of this progress of evil, nothing deterred him. He continued down. He went through a almost a deterministic downward spiral that no matter what was trying to draw him out of it, no matter how many warnings, he continued. Rev Hirsch looks at this as a bad incubation stage for the Jewish people. The Jewish people are going to be the people who are to give a message of freedom to the world. That moral freedom is a true part of reality. And this is the crucible that they were formed. Rav Hirsch says an immunization was needed. The moon. What is the moon? The moon is that which naturally renews itself. It naturally renews itself over the course of the month. What starts very small blossoms out, but then goes through a periodical renewal. That rejuvenation as a symbol for the Jewish people. The ideas kind of stack on each other, because not only is the moon a symbol of renewal, a key principle of what it means to be a Jew, but it reflects the sun. The ideas stack, because... Our mission as a people isn't that we are holy people. It is that we are to become a holy nation. We are supposed to reflect the light of God to the world. God's existence is demonstrated by the existence of the Jewish people and how we act in the world. There is an idea that if we act in a way that shows our lives are predicated on something more fundamental, we are motivated in our lives by something more fundamental than just our need to gain, our need to expand ourselves, but there is a moral impetus to our lives that we attribute to God we show God's existence in the world because we are reflecting that higher principle. That is another idea that is experienced with the moon. So not only is the moon a renewal, a rejuvenation in the natural world, which we are supposed to embody in our lives, that no matter where we are this month, next month can be different. It is the beginning of the month I can change and inspired from the moon. It's the type of question that a person can ask, This isn't proving the notion of free will by any stretch of the imagination. It's more of a declaration of it. It's a religious promise. It's a commitment of God that we can change. That's the entire premise of the Torah. That what happened yesterday doesn't force me today. The moon is that in a symbolic form. And we sanctify that like we would sanctify Shabbos. Then we added to it the notion of reflection as not only what we are supposed to do in our lives but the overall description of the jewish mission to the world to reflect god in the world and draw people closer to this higher principle to draw people closer in relationship to hashem so the moon not only gives over the rejuvenation aspect of the freedom of the will but also the mission we are supposed to live out so we have the idea of rejuvenation and the idea of mission given over by the image by the experience of an individual seeing the moon periodically. But there's one other component that goes into this for Rupesh. Well, there are many components, but one that's worth focusing on now. A person might ask, say, well, Simi, that's lovely, but the moon is a natural phenomena. It's part of the workings of nature. It's as deterministic as it's possible to be. And if the Kiddush HaKodesh is telling me when Rosh Chodesh is going to be, which then plays itself out to when the Chagim are. It's not any notion of freedom. It's like the natural world demanding your presence. That's like quasi-paganistic. It's the natural world demanding you. You are at the beck and call of the celestial movements. Yes, it's a image of rejuvenation, but at its core, it's completely deterministic. Rav Hirsch steps in here and tells us that would be dismissing a massive component of how we interact with the moon. When we speak about Chagim, we call it a moed. What is a moed? A moed is a meeting. But based off what we just described, this isn't meeting God. A meeting implies a bilateral agreement. This is a demanding of the presence of a Jew by the moon. Rav Hirsch steps in and says, that's not how it was experienced. How so? There is a Concept called Kiddush Khoidesh al Pi Ri'ya, which is traditionally how the Jewish people sanctified the moon. And this is embedded in Jewish law, in the oral tradition, that it wasn't the emergence of the moon that demanded Rosh Chodesh to take place. It was individual witnesses seeing the moon, testifying to the court that they had seen the moon, and then, at the behest of the court, then the idea of Rosh Chodesh would be implanted. Not the emergence of the moon, but by the seeing of the individual. This is the key point here. By the seeing of the individual, by the subjective experiencing of a witness to Bezdin, that would start the legal process of sanctifying the moon and the beginning of deciding when Rosh Chodesh was. But more than that, it was up to the decision of the Bezdin about whether to accept the witnesses or not or even if they accepted the witnesses, but because of external circumstances, they felt the need to push off Rosh Chodesh. They had the legal right and the legal ability to do it. So what Rav her shows us here is that we have a natural phenomena that gives over in its very being the idea of freedom and the mission of the Jewish people. And then Jewish law steps in to retain that notion of freedom, to retain the notion of the individual in our relationship to the moon, that it stops being this celestial deterministic sphere, but it becomes something that is connected to the subjective experiencing of the individual witnesses and then onto the court for their individual decision making to decide whether this would be taken into account or not. So if I recap these ideas, we have the idea of the moon, where once a month we recognize the truth that the Torah is putting down in front of us, that we have freedom and that we have the ability to choose. And what we mean by that is that if I was bad or I was lacking or I was not living up to my values last month, this month can be different. And even though it was hard, even though it might be hard to change my direction, the Torah's commitment to the truth of freedom of the will is given over by our focus on the moon. But not only the idea of the intrinsic rejuvenation that can take place, but also the idea of the mission of the Jewish people is given over by the very acting of the moon. It reflects the sun, which is the goal of the Jewish people in the world. The idea of Yedir Sashem, which we are supposed to spread out to the world, and God's, almost the evidence of God's existence in the world is how we act in the world. Do people act with the idea that Hashem is motivating their world? That there is a moral force to reality that is motivating the Jewish people? If we live that out, if we reflect that light, then we are living out our mission. But then we brought a question that Rav Hirsch steps in. It's not a free idea It's a deterministic idea. It's the celestial movements of the suns. It's like a nature cult. And Rav Hirsch says that is where the oral tradition describes that part of the idea of Kiddush HaKhoidesh is through the experiencing of the individual, not by the very occurrence of the moon. The whole country could have seen it, but if witnesses hadn't come to the court, it wouldn't have been accepted. And on top of that, even with the witnesses, it was left up to the jurisdiction of the Bezdin to decide when Rosh HaKhoidesh would take place completely within their freedom of the will. So that idea makes Amoyed a real meeting because both the moon has appeared, but also we have decided. So that is Kiddush HaKhidosh, the experience once a month that brings heart, that brings rejuvenation, but that brings the possibility of newness to our lives. A reminder, an experience that takes place nationally, but also individually once a month. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful week.